Professors FM. Analytics with Mike Lewis, the podcast where we talk about everything you need to know about sports analytics. Here's your host, Mike Lewis, marketing professor at Emory University. Okay, uh, welcome everyone. Welcome to the Fanalytics Podcast. Today I am joined by Manish Tripathi, former Goizueta professor. And today's topic, Manish, is uh, I think it's an important one. Well, I should say this. It's linked to a recent uh, blog post on the fandomanalytics.com page related to the structure of influence in sports. Manish, that's all anyone in marketing wants to talk about the last couple of years, isn't it? Influence and influencers. Yeah, no, and I think like uh, one of the reasons might be because we have more data and ways to measure those influencers, a way to sort of recognize their contributions. I think that's been part of the the push to say like you know to identify these folks, and, and because now I think we can actually say like. Okay, so if there's a 15 year old dancer doing dance 20 second dances on TikTok, you know how to measure that. No, no, I don't. <laughs> Absolutely not. But I'm sure. But 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 if that same person wasn't doing those dances and people were saying they're a, an influencer, I'd like to argue that I have more data or the ability to analyze what that influence yeah. than I did before. No, I mean I think you could, right? I mean you could put a link and look at the click through yeah. rate. I I don't know how much of that happens. Yeah, and no, I think they do. Right? Because I've heard a lot about like how they value some of these TikTok folks, right? And they do come up. These numbers are actually. You know what? I should step back. Who knows where those numbers are coming from? So I don't want to ascribe like that there's actual scientific uh, rigor that's being applied, but the, you do see these projections of what these folks are worth, right? Look, I, I I struggle with how to have this conversation because exactly what you're getting at, right? It's there's a lot of numbers in marketing that almost have a well, let's let's just be a jerks about it. This sort of a, as data scientists that have a mythical feel to it, right? This this is what one impression is worth. This is what, essentially, it's one viewing or one, and it doesn't matter if it's a signage at a stadium or if it's a, a billboard on the street or the TikToker or Instagram, right? Yep. Yeah, and I mean, clearly you could move to some closer time of measurement because you, you start to be able to do more linkage. I don't know if that happens. I think the other challenge in talking about influencers is that, well, we both have, just just for the audience, and I'm not, uh, this is not, if this was bragging, this would be the worst bragging of all time. But we both have PhDs in marketing. <laughs> wow. Well, you, I, mean, I haven't heard that drop before that in a positive way. That's uh, from, <laughs> from, from, the, from the Kellogg School at Northwestern. The number, we have PhDs in marketing from the number one marketing school in the world. <laughs> we shouldn't laugh. I shouldn't laugh at that, right? But in the course of getting a PhD, there's all these, you know, it almost gets to the definition of marketing, right? And what's the definition of marketing? It's about persuasion. It's about building loyalty. It's about, I don't know, having influence. I think that's the other challenge in all that is all these words mean just about the same thing. But so, I mean, let me let me give it to you. When you hear the word influence, what what do you think of? Well, you know, I, I, I. Uh... I think of influence in the marketing uh, sort of context, I think of it just as a tactic, right? I think of influence as a type of persuasion, a type of ad, right? It's a way to help convince people, uh, right? Or convince people might be even strong, convince or to at least uh, 
elicit uh, a set of preferences, elicit preferences that can match sort of what this influencer is putting out, right? That would then potentially lead to some behavior, purchasing behavior, some sort of behavior that benefits whatever is being influenced, right? Or whatever. So, so to me, though, like it is a, it, it's another tactical mechanism, all right? Uh, I, to I, manipulate people. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a bit strong, but I, I'll, I'll go with that. Sure, like uh, it's, okay. it's, it's right. I mean, look, what I mean, it doesn't. It's not always manipulation, right? I think oftentimes. Uh, uh, look, uh, I'll give you an example, right? Would you? Would you? And I'm going to just step back a second. Like, would you argue that Michael Jordan is an influencer? Oh, absolutely. Right. So, but I, I, I might argue that like there are things that he might have been persuading or influencing you to identify with their purchase that may not be, which you may already have had preference for, right? It's not a manipulation in the sense that like, I think a manipulation in the sense that you bought something that you wouldn't have bought if there wasn't Michael Jordan and now you feel cheated in some way, right? And so yeah. I, 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 so I think mean, I'm ascribing too much judgment to the word, but it's like, uh, but, but I think you understand, like, I think we're on the same page when these folks can, whether you call it manipulation, persuasion, influence, have an effect on people's behaviors, essentially. No, look, it's totally fair. And I I did it in a way to almost start a little bit of an argument, right? Because you can't help but feel sort of negative about marketing when when you put it in those terms. But the reality is you're trying to, and again, this is what's crazy about it. We can't even decide on the words. We're trying to persuade people to do things, right? We're trying to motivate people or manipulate people to do things. Choose your, uh, Choose your word and live with it, I guess. <laughs> I'll go with uh, finding means to deliver the value. That... <laughs> Sorry. I'm going with I think that's the Kotler textbook definition. Something like, uh, If I remember correctly, right? Isn't it like uh, it's providing uh, value, uh, satisfying the needs of customers through differentiation, right? And delivery of value. Something, right? It's, it's very much avoids words like uh, persuasion, uh, right? Or, or changing people's beliefs in any way. It's a paragraph long definition for something that most people understand in about three or four words, right? But isn't that academia, Michael? Yeah, yeah. Okay, Manish, so as a second starting point on this, like I said, I think this is a tough topic because it's it's something new, but it's also something old. I'm going to put it out there that I'm going to say the original influencer and again, this is a, I can, as, I, as I start to say this, I think there's a total bias just based on how old I am, that the original influencer is Howard Stern. The original modern day influencer. And, I, and, I, and I'm saying there's a bias there because, you know, maybe it was Larry King or Paul Harvey or someone that was before my time. I, I mean, look, uh, I, I, we could get to a little controversial waters here, but I mean, if you, I like you said, modern era because influencers, and I don't know why, maybe it's Easter today and so it's on my mind, but it's like uh, folks who are giving religious sermons, people who are like, uh, uh, you know, uh, religious folks. And I'm not trying to, like, you know, if you go back hundreds of years, there's, these are influencers as well, right? And fairly, so I guess if you're going modern era, so let's define it, maybe it's like in in this more newer world of where there is, I think you're starting with radio, essentially, right? And, And forward. If we take that, um, why do you, I mean why Howard Stern? Like I'm curious, like what's the what, well, why, why like you know why not someone like I'm curious, like what, what what's driving the Howard Stern thought on this? Well, and I look, I think you make a, a very good point that a lot of this is this vocabulary of influence is driven by technology, right? And it's just you know, and when I say the modern era, I think I was just going back to the era of mass media, right, where people could reach other people where they didn't have to 
go from town to town and set up a tent. But um, for Howard Stern, this is my thinking. That for guys of my generation, we were in our cars. Howard was on the radio. He was on the radio in our cars five days a week. It's a very asymmetric. It's a one-way relationship. But we all thought Howard was funny. We thought he was cool. I mean, you know, was Howard cool? Probably really debatable. But so when he's loving Snapple or loving a movie, you know, it's like one of your closest friends that you look up to and has a lot of, here's another word, credibility. And that leads to influence. So that's an interesting question. So while you were talking and mentioning Howard Stern, uh, the name Rush Limbaugh popped in my head. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Uh, And again, Similar time period over which he became popular. Audience of people who are driving as well, right, in their cars. And so one thing I started to think about, and I'd be curious, like, when you think, and this is a, maybe we're getting in the weeds here, but when you think about, like, what makes an influencer, how we think someone is a is influential, right? Uh, there's, I think a little about depth versus breadth, right? So I would, I could be wrong, because I, I, don't, I don't feel like I'm really in the demographic for either one of these folks. But, like, for, for Howard Stern, right, like, uh, you could argue that maybe he has excellent breadth of fans, like a large group, right? But Rush Limbaugh might actually get them to give a lot of money or get like really active in some sort of cause. Like you wonder, like the, what? How do we think about that influence, right? It's like, what, and it's, it's like classic marketing. Is it about awareness, right? Or is it about like you're actually moving, uh, moving behavior and in some cases significant behavior, right? Uh, but yeah, but I think Howard Stern is a very fair in that era as, as a person to throw out because I think you're right. He's Definitely him and as you're talking, Rush Limbaugh popped up in my head too. But those are the two that that that, that resonated with me. Well, and uh, I agree completely. I for me, I code, I'm a little bit older than you, so I code, I code Stern as really an 80s phenomena and Limbaugh as a 90s phenomena. Ah, okay, but I think it's it's exactly the same thing, right? You had, and again, you know, people, people in particular, I think, are gonna get angry at any positive comments towards Limbaugh, but Stern and Limbaugh were both amazing communicators, right? I mean, this ability to have a conversation with someone and have that kind of connection for two, three hours a day, and the person comes back every day to hear the same, you know, same same content, slightly varied, yeah. amazingly talented guys in, in some form of communication. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I agree. It, it, it's just interesting, right? We're talking about, I think you hit on something that maybe uh, we're moving towards a little bit, but in you mentioned two, three hours a day, right? And and now I think about like the, the influence we're talking about, TikToks or, or social media, where that time period is a lot smaller in terms of content oftentimes, right? It's a, a snippet. It's a small thing. It's, a, it, it's, a, it's multiple small hits. In mm-hmm. some way, more that pulsing, if you will, type of advertising than these long duration uh, uh, talks, right? So it's just interesting how like uh, that's evolved, right? You don't think of the persuasive folks as ones with like keeping someone's attention span for three hours. Okay, and let me let me ask you this, and probably neither of us really knows the answer to this. Yeah. <clears throat> with a lot of these TikTokers and IG folks, the content is much shorter. I kind of get the sense that there's a lot more of it, though. That yeah. there's and so again, it's it's quicker hits maybe for the attend. Look, it's it, we're not driving in our car. The audience is not driving their cars for forty five minutes anymore, right? That yeah. it's quicker hits, but again, it's that same thing of 
they are part of your they're part of your universe, right? They're part of your your family or your friend group. You just don't actually they don't talk. You know, you don't talk back to them. Yeah. Well, actually, you could in theory. Like you can post, and there's. I mean, it's it's still asymmetric in the sense that, like, I, I feel like the there's not as much engagement typically with the the replies, right? Like, but but I think you're you're right, and it's the nature of even the content, right? Like, uh, this person will post about like waking up in bed or like you know what they're making for dinner, like which which is a very you know as you said makes you feel like part of that family, like you're a group, right? You're doing things together even if you're really not. Well, and look, the video game streamer streamer is another one, right? And I think that's that's one where the interaction is much greater than ever has been, right? Where you can, though, I mean, with a lot of these popular guys, I'm sure they don't even see the, the names popping up in the streams, but it's, again, it's that kind of connection and it's built around something that people, people love and people care about. Now, here's, um, here's something else. <laughs> do you remember, do you know the elaboration likelihood model? Yeah, let me, yeah, sure, of course. <laughs> Okay, so that is the foundation of consumer behavior at Kellogg, right? Where it's um, how likely are you to essentially pay attention to a message, a persuasive message, an influencer's message, right? Again, so is everything is everything old, new again, et cetera? Yeah. And really, it's kind of based on just two things. One, well, <clears throat> either you, um, you know, you've got some expertise. And the person is credit. Well, you've got some expertise, so you pay attention to the details, or you don't have expertise, or you lack motivation, so you rely on single signals like the credibility of the person. Is that all this is? Does that explain the modern world of influence? Well, okay. Let's 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 put let's put an example in our framework and see see if we can support it. Right? Like what's yeah. Like, uh, who's? Let's give an example of. Uh, and this is this will show you how out of touch I am. Like, who who is a modern day influencer, right? Like, who do you want to put in there? Like, what's the? Um, okay, I think that's a great place because I don't know the answer to that, and I suspect the answer is just about everyone, <laughs> right? It's yeah. pretend. I, I look. I think the fifteen year old on TikTok can be an influencer, and I think um, who's the dean of. Uh, Who's like the longest serving like news anchor in the world, right? That person can also be a, that person can also be a influencer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so well, let, let's try. To, you you mentioned uh, you thought that uh, Howard Stern was an influencer to you, right? So I'm going to take you as the person here, and I'm going to say that as, especially as like an 18 or 20 year old. Okay, fair, fair. So 18, 20 year old uh, Michael Lewis was this like 19. 75, 76, so no, I'm just kidding. Mid, late 80s, late 80s, right? Yeah, late 80s. Late 80s. So uh, what, what, what is your sort of draw to Stern, right? Like, are you someone who considered, is there a expertise, not really an expertise model here, right? Like, there's, what, what's the motivation? Like, I'm trying to, let's put it in this, like, what, what draws you to Stern? Um, you know what? Maybe there is an expertise, right? Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's an expertise on being, for lack of a better word, cool. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Well. Actually, let me. So I. I, I like that you said that because I think that's kind of where I was trying to go with this. I almost feel like it's just a. It's. It's. It's more homophily in some sense. Either like things. It's like, right. It's like, it's like either folks that you are like or you want to be like. Right. Like. 
is, is in that you can think of that as cool, right? Because but but there is a lot of that, right? Like what what's the pod like even like the people who want people who follow these influencers, at least on Instagram, right? Like there's women who are sharing like the different clothes that they wear, like and, and there's very niche, right? In some cases, but it's very that. it's very lifestyle. I mean, it's an yeah. expertise on a lifestyle that people want. Exactly, right? So if it's very it's very lifestyle driven, then then it's like it's it's what they want, right? So it's either the kind of lifestyle they have or the kind of lifestyle they want. So that's what they consider cool. So I think you're onto something. Maybe that's the dimension we should think about it. And it's like it's like either folks are identifying with uh, something they want they already are or what they want to be, right? And that's maybe you and Stern. Well, and look, I don't think we've got a, you know, that's like the quest for the marketer or the academic, right? To boil it down to a single dimension. Yeah. You know, maybe we don't need to do that, right? Maybe yeah. it's just, you know, it is one of these broad terms like persuasion. And it can be because you want to be like someone, you want to be funny like Stern, or because you want to be like, you know, a person that has a million people following their lifestyle on Instagram. Right. It, aspiration is another word to this. Probably, right. right. That's the word. Yeah. 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 Okay. So I don't think we accomplished a lot there, but maybe fleshed it out. So, but I don't think, I don't think anything can be accomplished really. It's just. Yeah. No, I, 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 I but let me ask you like, you know, uh, here's, here's one, like, we're just, I want to piggyback on the, yeah, I remember the ELM, like or as an extension of that. And again, I don't remember this. Maybe you still do like who actually did this, but there was this idea that if you, kept doing something, if you kept thinking about something, you kept like overhearing something that at some point things could turn negative, right? Like you actually have this fight. And so is there such thing as in this world, an overexposure, like as an influencer, right? Is it like, is there a line? Like, does that even exist? Because I think like that, I, I haven't seen that line, right? <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to laugh at that because I can't listen to Stern at all these days. Interesting. And so the inverted you that you're talking about, it just took 35 years. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think a celebrity can become overexposed, but uh, well, while we're in the academic weeds, I think a lot of times the psychologists have trouble with, and, you know, I <laughs> You ever start a conversation on a podcast and know it's a mistake that they really struggle with. So if they're talking about persuasion, you have to understand how psychologists work. They tend to operate in these laboratory settings where it's kind of a one hit thing where here's a stimulus and how do the subjects react? I don't think there's ever been a psychological experiment that has a scenario like someone sitting in their car for two hours a day listening to Rush Limbaugh or Howard Stern, and the depth of that relationship. I, I don't think anyone knows how to do that. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the closest I've seen is like some of these large field studies, right, where people are reporting like what they're listening to or doing, and then through like a black box, what they're then purchasing or their behaviors. But that, of course, there's a lot, you know, I, I haven't seen it done at scale in a way that I'd call truly, exper you know, and also what's the experimental, right? It's really just panel data that, there's probably a bunch of other factors that are missing that could explain the stuff that we're seeing, right? Yeah. Okay, so let's get to sports influencers. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> Who, and, and like I alluded to early on, there, I put a little study out on the, on the blog at fandomanalytics.com that looks at the structure of sports influencers using something I call the Atlanta Sports Survey, which is a it's something really interesting that we do at Emory where we 
have some cooperation with all the local teams and we collect data together. And so it's a real market level study using the city of Atlanta. And as part of that, I've done some survey work. We've done some survey work asking fans of different teams and different leagues who they really care about and who they want information from. As a and again, it's 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 really kind of a tricky thing when you start to try and study this, right? Because Manish, imagine you're creating a survey and you want to understand who people find influential. How many people do you want to put, include on that survey? A hundred? Two hundred? A thousand? Well, I mean, it, it almost reeks that I think uh, if, I, if you kind of do this in your in, in, the, in what you wrote up, it's it, it, when you have that many dimensions, it really goes to like. You want to cover as much of the space as possible, right? right. So you you find influences you think are very different, right? Essentially, and and try to along multiple dimensions and try to put those up, right, in some reasonable number to try to understand like what people's you know where they what they identify with. Because you're right, otherwise there's hundreds and thousands of people you could put up there, and you would it'd be very hard to extract any meaningful data. I mean, I, that's not true. I guess there's post stuff that can be done uh, as well with the data, but it'd be, it'd be more difficult to elicit preferences if you had, you know, 200 people to choose from. Okay. So Manish, where do you go for your sports information? Where do I go for my sports? Yeah. Um, uh, I'll say there's a few different sources. I, I go to Twitter. I go to ESPN. How do you, use, how do you use Twitter for sports information? So there's actually in the, in the, so there's a few things. One is you, I follow a few of the teams and people that I'm interested in that like I like that regularly that I know, like some columnists, some of like the different teams that I follow their social media handles, some of the leagues. Right. And then uh, there's also it's like basically in the search in Twitter, there's a sports under yeah. search. And so that essentially. What I meant though, are you like trying to follow, um, like I think there's some ESPN guys. I think there's some guys that like to try and break stories on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, I know, like Schefter and those guys. ESPN. Yeah. So are you following for the like the most up to the date news, or you want to get the the reaction to when? I, I, yeah, actually, I don't think so. Like, because you get the up to date stuff in the search, right? Like that will come up. That'll trend by itself. I follow more like columnists that i think are interesting like so it's not so it's, i'm not going for like it because it's, it's a breaking stuff it's more just like content that i find interesting right so i'll go columnists and then i'll go like you know the blue jays twitter handle the the commanders the like the teams i like right and or recruit that for college some of the recruiting services right like things like that yeah it's a little bit of a look ahead we're gonna do an episode i haven't asked you to do this but we're gonna do an episode looking at nfl fandom and you're gonna be going to be a little rough as a commanders fan you might be one of the few left well look um, uh I, i'm looking for it first of all it's not like we didn't see this coming uh and number two it's like uh, i'm hoping that the most recent news about the ownership there and potential uh you know problems uh, financially could finally lead to the team being sold so a little preview an unhappy fan okay so twitter is a platform um, you still subscribe to cable TV? ESPN is another platform. I I I I I don't have cable. I get YouTube TV through my internet. You know, I, I, but but yes, but yes, I, I watch ESPN not as much. So there is ESPN, but really it's more ESPN.com, like mm -hmm. the app, the app, Twitter. Uh, that's the Twitter and the app are the two big places where I basically get. Okay, so platforms. It, it sounds like it's pretty much online and social. Um, Still listen to sports talk radio? 
I'm not in my car anymore, right? So really, really, really don't. Like, uh, I, I think like not. To, I will say I do also uh, do like the a couple of the 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 Seattle Times and the Washington Post. Like I'll read their sports sections. Uh, yeah. The columnists. How about uh, who's your favorite Seattle local sportscaster? I couldn't tell you. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't watched the local news uh, for sports uh, ever. No, but isn't that kind of yeah, it's telling, right? You know, when you when I think about Chicago, Mark Mark Greco and Chet Kopic. I mean, I'm sure you can name a couple from here. George Michael, Warner Wolf. Let's go to the videotape. Of course, yeah. I mean, that, those are the guys you always watched. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the plan, and, and again, this is what I think makes this topic of influence or influencers tough, right? It's I, I don't know that you can separate out the platform, right? And it doesn't matter in, in sports, you know. Maybe it is Twitter for news and, uh, you know, dot com stuff for, for commentary. If you're a gamer, then you're going to be on Twitch. If you're youth culture, you're going to be on TikTok. So the platform is, I mean, almost indistinguishable from important for understanding the structure. Now, more to me, and this is the interesting thing. What about people? Do you have any favorites out there, or you want me to throw out names and you can react to the names? Well, uh, sure. Watch. I, I think I know this is going. I can tell you, like, I, I do have a couple that I like. Uh, uh, that I still Dan Patrick uh, for one is is a uh, is person I listen to, and the other one would be I still Will Bond Kornheiser on PTI occasionally. Uh, okay. For, but yeah, go ahead. I, I'm yeah. probably going to react negatively to everyone you throw out. I, so, look, I, I mean, I look, I I talked with Manish for years, and it was always a lot of fun. He thinks he knows where I'm going with this, and I don't know where I'm going with this. So, <laughs> okay, Shaquille O'Neal. Uh, yeah, I, I like. I mean, uh, Shaquille O'Neal uh, for comedic value. Like, I, I'm not. I'm not turning to Shaquille O'Neal to for necessarily for his insight on the game. Although, okay, Shaquille and Barkley. Uh, yeah, Bar- uh, same, same. Like, I, like, they'll occasionally have takes that are interesting, but I just find to them, I just find them interesting in general, right? Like, it's not necessarily even like basketball. They're just personality-wise, intriguing. So I'll, I'll watch them. Okay, but so you would um, you would follow them on Twitter? Yeah. You would, I, okay. Yeah. Although I don't think I don't think Charles Barkley is on Twitter, if I remember correctly, or one of those is not. But yeah, I would follow them. But it's almost like you you were sort of making a little caveat that they're appealing, but maybe not influential. And again, this splitting of hairs is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it, like. I, we have to be careful. I guess how I think, but I, I wouldn't say that influential. Let me let me be careful. The the, the reason I might listen to let's say um, uh, I, I might listen to 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 some uh, like a Hubie Brown, right? <laughs> I'm going to like a Coach Brown talk about basketball because I thought that like okay, he is interesting about the game insight. Like when he's that's mainly what you're coming to him for, right? Like whereas Barkley and Shaquille both are amazing players and occasionally will drop some really interesting basketball knowledge, but I primarily am listening to them because I find them entertaining, right? So it's not that they're not influential. I think they are, but uh, people might be, uh, they might be influential in different ways. So if Barkley advertises something, I still might buy it, right? <laughs> but but it's not it's not his it's not his basketball brain that's necessarily drawing me to him. Put that one. Okay, I want to, I don't have a follow-up question, but I want to stay with Shaq because whenever I do surveys, and not just this one, Shaquille O'Neal scores off the charts in terms of likability or people are interested in him. And he is also 
since the heyday of Michael Jordan, he might be the most successful celebrity endorser out there. I mean, you, yeah. it's astonishing how many brands he represents. Yeah, yeah. I, and and uh, I think I saw in, in that article you'd written, like, not only is he he's influential across gender, across different folks that watch different sports, right? It's like he has this universality in, in terms of his appeal. Um, I would say one thing I've noticed about Shaq, that, that he has a really good presence on, like, TikTok and other social media as well. Like, there's always these... I always see these clips of Shaq that come up on my social media feed that talk about like that talk about him as like a businessman that talk about other ventures that he's done. But I feel like he's he's getting content out there that, you know, not just as inside the NBA stuff, but like across multiple platforms in a lot of different ways. He's brilliant, though. And, and again, I, I don't even want to say he's manipulating when I my sense is it's completely real. He's going out there and he's playing with kids on, a, on the street. Right. Or he. He's buying a guy an engagement ring at a jewelry store. Yep, yep. He's authentic. I mean, that's the thing, right? I think it's authentic. Yeah, authentic and influential, an influencer with a... And again, I, I, I know what you're saying. It's, it's like we almost want to say, you know, he's almost doing shtick or comedy on the, um, on the NBA studio show rather than really breaking down the plays. And so influential might sound like too strong of a word. Yeah. but. No, but but that being said, like he, it, when he does give basketball insight, it's pretty good, right? So it's like, and it is, and so in that case, it's just that I just think maybe it's more of a, a compliment to both Barkley and Shaq that I just think of them as more than basketball people, right? In the way they sort of market themselves. Well, and those are probably a little bit unfair folks to put out there because when you come up with this list of people that are like universally liked that are apolitical. And I think that's an important part of the story in 2022. They're way out there. Right. I, I don't know anyone that dislikes those two. Yeah. Okay. And it's, it, you're right. Apolitical is a good word. Cause I don't think either, there's a, either one of them identify like blue or, or red or anything like that. Right. It's sort of a, uh, they've managed to have, uh, maybe the rock is like that too, a little bit. Maybe that's one to throw from us. But that, that I think a little similarly is, is, Seems to have pretty universal appeal. Yeah. Well, and you could say maybe what makes these guys sort of smart in terms of their personal brands is that they are very adept, right? Like, I don't think people think of Shaq as particular. And again, I don't mean this as a criticism at all, but, you know, he's been very good. Whether or not the branding is specific, the branding feels very real and it's beautifully done. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah. Okay, um, other names. And now, you know, since you're sort of looking for names that you want to disagree with, um, uh, you know, I think I want to avoid those for a second. But again, you know, the, the list of names that is on the web page is really designed to cross all sorts of lines. Michael Wilbon was one of them, right? Yeah. And I think you've already mentioned that you find him. I, I will say this, I, I, and Wilbon, I, and I'll say this, actually, I remember Stephen A. Smith was on there as well, right? Uh, yeah. If I remember correctly, and I'll say this about both of them. Like I, I grew up uh, reading. Uh, and let's and let's say this ESPN guys. So yeah, and actually, I think that's important. And, and where I'm going with this, because I think it's like what I and, and kind of what I am disappointed by is is both Wilbon was a really it was a serious journalist, right? He was a columnist for the Post before any of the the TV stuff. And Stephen A. Smith also like you know was a journalist before. Yeah, I mean, I guess probably, they both probably still consider themselves journalists, but before they 
uh, were on these TV shows. And I think what's been, I used to really enjoy watching Will Bond, but the last couple of years, I find that he's almost uh, disagreeable to an extreme, right? Like, and I don't want to use curmudgeon. It's almost like purposefully disagreeable, which I, and I don't know if that's it. With, and same thing with Stephen, with Stephen A. Smith. I think it's like, it's just clickbait, right? He's, he's clickbait. He'll, he'll have an opinion. Like ESPN's brilliant at this. You talk about platform, right? Can we do, can we do them one at a time? Cause I want to follow up on something. Is Will Bond disagreeable in terms of his interactions with Kornheiser? Is that where that show has gone? Well, no, I, I think well, the, the part of the show is always that they're supposed to be kind of butting yeah. ahead. I feel like more and more Wilbon just hates. He's, he sounds like the old man who hates everything, right? And it's like that. And that used to be more Kornheiser, but that's yeah. all he does. And I feel like Wilbon's better than that. Like you should have more of a new. And I, and I think part of my disgust on that is, and and I hope it's not the case, but it's almost like producers are telling him to be that way, right? You need to be more of that because that's what's going to actually. Then we can put the link up saying you have a hot take about something, right? And like you'll get the clicks that we need. So that's the part with like. Uh, I, I've been disappointed in Will Bond for that reason. Okay, but that sounds like it is almost the classic modern-day influencer strategy, right? Yeah. Clicks, our impressions, more follows, more controversy. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, and to that point, I know we I mentioned Stephen A. Smith, and I think that's that's exactly. Well, let's go there next. Let's go there. Yeah. Like this, this is the bril- this is the brilliant thing that ESPN does, right? Like you, in the morning, Stephen A. Smith will sound out about something, right? That will go to the website and say like, and sort of be a news story almost of its own. Then it'll be dissected in the future shows on ESPN that day. It'll come up potentially like, you know, on PTI or on the other show, right? So it's like they create their own news. It's always this outrage about like, you know, the Cowboys or somebody else that like should really be irrelevant by this point, right? But it's, and I'm sure we'll get to in the fan equity piece later, but, but, but it's like, it is, it's, it's, it's creating its own news by taking these quote unquote hot takes that are, are completely, in some cases, senseless, right? It's like, who gets this, like, passionate and <laughs> worked up over something so meaningless sometimes, right? Like, I don't know. Like, it, it just but, disappoints me. And, and, you know, maybe there's an important story in all this, and you can even go back to Stern, right, that guys like Stern were controversial. Stephen A. a. Smith, he's yelling about everything. It's always a controversy, even if it shouldn't be, Right. I remember when he used to do that show with Max Kellerman, it was, it would always blow me away. It's these two guys basically agreeing with each other, but shouting at each other that the other one agrees more. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And, but that's, that's what social media is, right? It's this quest to have things go viral. So it's, you know, maybe these are the transition figures from the Stearns and the Limbaugh's to where we're at in 2022. Stephen A. Smith, you know, people have told me that he is, and I don't know how true this is, but he is the only guy on that ESPN roster that really brings folks in. That he is the only one that, if you put him out there, the audience shows up. Everyone else is almost interchangeable. But well, I mean, think about what that says, right? Like, what it says about us, or what it says about people, like that, that you need this polarizing person who yells all the time to get people to come listen. Right, like, and maybe it speaks a little bit to this expertise. Like, I'd like to put that in the ELM model and go back to like, why is Stephen A. Smith so successful? It is. I don't think it fits into those academic models, oh, right? No. But it, but it might fit into the, the relation. Sort of, let's let's throw away that model and say there's this relationship model. It's the Stern Limbaugh relationship model of this is. I like this guy. This guy's kind of crazy. This guy kind of brings it. He's kind of fun. 
Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Uh, or it's that, or you always get the, if you take a strong position, that's part of that. You always get something where you be like, yeah, he's totally right. I'm glad someone said it, right? Like that. And then you'll always be like, man, this guy's an idiot, but like he's crazy, but you'll still want to watch so you can yell at him, right? So it's like, uh, you get that too, right? Uh, and it's, look, okay. they figured it out. It works. Uh, I just, I don't know what yeah. it says about us. Okay, let's uh, let's move on to some more interesting names. And some of these names came from, some of these names are the result of doing some of these kind of survey work across multiple years and people telling me, you need to bring in this kind of name. This name's popular with younger people. Dave Portnoy from uh, Barstool Sports. Yeah, uh, look, I, I don't know much about him except that he's accused of doing a lot of stuff that's <laughs> don't shouldn't be even discussed perhaps on the podcast like i to be honest like i i i don't okay can let me let me let me back up here just for a second just so everyone knows what's going on here okay so dave portnoy started a website called barstool sports that and i think he would even say he says on some of his stuff that it's almost sort of a very bro culture kind of kind of website and and some of the stuff they do i think you know they're they're gonna have interns fighting people on, you know, YouTube boxing, Matt, you know, it, it's almost kind of old school, 90s kind of content. Uh, Portnoy also does, he's also very well known for doing pizza reviews on Facebook. But last fall, he, um, in, and I think there's really debates, uh, a website called Business Insider did a hit piece, according to them, or an expose, depending on where you stand, alleging I, let's say sexual misconduct on the part of Portnoy. So, so actually, where I was going with this is, and maybe this shows you how removed I am. What I know about Fortnite is pretty much that. Okay. <laughs> like, like I, I know what Barstool Sports is. I've seen content from it occasionally, but honestly, it seems stupid to me. <laughs> like, okay. it, like literally, it's like, uh, like, don't get me wrong. Fifteen years ago, I or tw twenty-five years ago, I also enjoyed the Man Show and like people like like the, I think that I would probably been better for the bro culture. Now, to me, it's. Sounds like you're channeling your inner Michael Wilbon, angry it, it, old. I, it really is. I, I, I'm not getting angry about it, but it really is. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's not my cup of tea. Maybe you have grown it? Right. I don't know if I've grown it, if I really was ever fully centered in it, but yeah. I've definitely, yeah. yeah like I, so, so my knowledge of it's really limited to like those kinds of articles, not, well, not actual content. And I'll say this. It is, um, it's an important name to include in this kind of work because he does very well with younger folks and again, I don't even really want to say this as a pejorative. I just mean this as some, I'll use this phrase so people know what I'm talking about, this kind of frat boy-like culture. Um, and so it's a it's a strong voice. Now, I think the other name that was on the list that you're going to object to, again, has a lot of overlap with Portnoy in terms of some of that audience, is Joe Rogan. Yeah, and... <laughs> And by the way, I will say just in fairness, and you, I'm sure we can debate this for a long time, and that's a different podcast. But another term for bro culture is also misogynistic culture too, right? So let's be let's be clear. There's shades of that in in that culture. Uh, the, Joe Rogan, I know him as the guy who um, used to get people to eat bugs, uh, and then I know him as someone that Aaron Rodgers went on the show and like like again, literally like I I I, I am familiar. Uh, and reading about like how like how influential he is, and I know that he's really has a strong following. It almost sounds to me a little bit like Stern, like the next Stern, like the way he's described and like sort of the following that he has. But beyond that, again, I, I don't think I'm the target. Like I, okay. I, I can, I've, I've never heard his show except for the clips when like Rogers or someone else has been on. I know he doesn't believe that the pyramids 
are real or something like that. I saw a clip of that, like someone on his show talking about it. But I, I don't. I, I've never heard the pyramids might not be real. Well, there's something like it's. It, well, to be fair, it's a guest on his show, so I don't know how yeah. Joe Rogan feels about it. But he had some guests who was talking. It came from my Facebook feed where there's like a the king's chamber in the Great Pyramid cannot be explained by science, and it, there's no way men man built this. Like there's one of those things, like conspiracy theory stuff. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that conspiracy theory makes me laugh. Okay. Um, I contend that Joe Rogan is, and I don't know what the right number is here, but I contend, let's say 25 and, unger, and younger men, that Joe Rogan is the most influential person in America. Uh, I, yeah, interesting. Um, I think it's about 10 to 12 million people listen weekly on the podcast. That again, the, you know, so much of there's probably a side story to all this stuff about influence, about fragmentation and sort of the destruction of the mass market. You know, 10 million people, that's doesn't sound like a big number, but that's far more than that's what the Oscars got, right? And so that's his weekly yeah. podcast where he's talking to a comedian friend of his, does what the Oscars does, yeah, right. And those are, and again, those people are showing up and listening week after week after week after week. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, do you and have you like? I mean, I guess have you ever heard his show? Like, what is it like? Like, what like as someone who listens to Stern and this, like, what's like, what's the difference? Because it sounds like, look, someone's very influential amongst males under twenty five, right? Like, yeah. if you go back thirty years, that describes Howard Stern a bit too, right? Like, uh, so I, I'm curious, like. Uh, is is because Stern was about comedy, right? Like he was he's a, he's a comedian, like uh, from his like it got social too, but it's common. It's more like is Rogan also as a comedic? Is it like what's his? Well, Rogan's a, Rogan's a comedian, right? But Rogan's also talking to a very broad array of guests. I mean, you know, you in some ways he's ta- I think he takes too many hits because he's become this lightning rod, and you know, he, he ends up in this. Bucket, but I, I think Rogan would describe himself as actually a liberal, but maybe more like a classical liberal that's willing to talk to anyone across the spectrum. It's actually got him in some trouble because, you know, folks that may have been acceptable six, seven years ago are now on that kind of no talk list, and that's where Spotify has ended up deleting some of his, some of his, some of his episodes. But his his show is actually it's probably a lot. He gives credit not to Stern, but to Opie and Anthony, if you know who they are. Oh, yeah, of course. As this idea that you just come in and you talk for three or four hours and just sort of hanging out. So he's very much in the vein of 90s talk radio. But, you know, maybe maybe a little bit more updated, a sort of a broader cultural theme, no more... Um, and again, how do you describe some of the stuff that Opie and Anthony and Stern used to do, right? Cleaning up some of that, and it's more intellectual conversation, but definitely sort of geared towards that 25-year-old guy or that 20-year-old guy. Yeah. Okay, other names on this list, and Megan Rapino. Yeah, I mean, now we're getting into, like, you know, uh, well, actually, maybe we already are, but, like, some of the politicalized influential figures right like i don't think you can think like is megan rapino an amazing soccer player yes right and and i think that gives her credibility in her sport right obviously but but to me 
uh, a lot of her appeal really is some of the uh, sort of the positions she takes, right, and things that she advocates for. So I could see she's done very well in terms of marketing, though. Yeah, right. No, no, I, I agree. Right, she's done well, but I think like. I'd be curious to, and a lot of that marketing initially was also, right, when it was more structured on the fact that she was this amazing soccer player, right? I'd be curious as some of the more, more reasons, but I know that's not true. She's, she's in more recent marketing too. You're right. She, but I do, I do think of her as someone that uh, could be seen as polarizing too, right? Just, oh, she's uh, a, right. So incredibly I, polarizing right, in this right, day. So, so, but, but I think what, what you look at there is like, while polarizing still has enough mass appeal to be a, a successful marketer, right? And I think as someone who's, who's shown the ability to actually create some change, right, which probably drives more credibility with the folks that are that are influenced by her. You know what? I, I don't even know. You know, that's... I love that... I mean, you just said it like it was true, but I do love that kind of question of, is she an effective marketer? And the one I'm going to bring up is the Subway ad where you've got like six or seven celebrities in there. Maybe it doesn't matter if you've got a couple of polarizing ones, as long as you got Charles Barkley, everyone likes it. And it's like checking a box of, oh, there's my person. So I, 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 was, I was actually, I, I, was, I was going in a slightly different direction. I said the ability to drive change. It wasn't in marketing. It was through the cause yeah. that she's involved in, right? So she has moved the needle on pay uh, on sort of the pay for the U.S. women's team, right? So it was more of that, like that she's gaining credibility because she's uh, created. I Actually, as a marketer, that is a good question. That Subway ad is fascinating, right? It's like, what are the, how many different preferences can we hit at once in one ad, right? Like how, different folks can we reach out to and in, 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 by throwing enough celebrities out well, there? Well, they're pretty, I mean, I'm trying to think who's in that because Steph Curry, again, is like one of these guys that, seems to be universally liked. Uh, Barkley is the MC universally liked. Tom Brady is often hated, but hated in a very positive way, right? Yeah. I mean, no, like hated, but no one dislikes him. I, um, and then Rapino shows up, and so she's the sort of the one outlier, I think, in the, in the story. Yeah, yeah. No, I think he's an RG3 in those ads, too, which is just very disappointing. <laughs> Like, I mean, talk about someone who hasn't done anything. That's uh, that's RG three right there for you. Okay, let me give you another name. Um, Nate Silver. Nate Silver, yeah, and I saw him on that. Like, so <laughs> I, I'll confess in that I, I definitely thought, I thought of I, how do I put this? I, I felt he used to be more influential than he is now. Uh, uh right, and so I think like. If you go back maybe six years or so, maybe a little bit more than that, like really some of this, like mo- like even more than that, like how do you use statistics and models and explain it to people in a way they can consume it? Um, uh, in some ways, I don't know. I feel like maybe you go back to the polarizing climate that we're in. Um, some of these more analytic voices, I feel like get less, get less credence. Uh, credence is the wrong word, but less attention because people want to go with information that sort of, uh, confirms their beliefs. So they're going to talk to the folks that sort of are saying what they want to hear. So I think Silver's one of those people when the numbers look good, he might be influential over certain folks, right? But in general, uh, I, I, I would assume that folks like Silver are becoming less and less influential in this space. You know, that's fair. His, um, his rates of people indicating that they cared about him were relatively low. 
I, I don't know who else to include. I, I think that's an important part of the modern story. You know, everyone wants to talk stats now. I don't know yeah. who the figurehead is if it's not Nate Silver. Yeah, I, I think it's one of those where there's not a pope really here, right? There's a lot of there's a lot of cardinals or whatever. There's a, there's probably like you know within smaller fiefdoms, right? Like this is yeah. the the handful of folks that are, are are listened to in football or in baseball. But even be might it be, might even be more distributed than that, right? Like I think this might be with the uh, democratization of data and like the, and like the ability for so many folks to correctly or incorrectly apply models to it. Like I think there's just that it. I just feel like that space has a lot more. I don't know if there is a single one. Maybe that might be part of the issue, right? There's not one or two really strong voices. Okay, so this all boiled down to throwing in the platforms, throwing in those celebrities and some other celebrities. Uh, generated five clusters or segments of influencers. Let's go through those real quick. You can react to them. I know we're sort of getting a little. We're getting near the end here, uh, so. Segment one of influencers was people that are still focused on the ESPN universe. Um, and again, you know, probably makes some sense given how dominant that, that they've been for so long. Uh, ESPN platform preference for folks like Stephen A., uh, Barkley, Jamel Hill, Skip Bayless, uh, Shaq, old school stuff. These are the this is the legacy group, right? Is that what you called them, right? Like the I maybe I may have called it because I think of ESPN. I think of like those Adam Sandler movies where he names his daughter ES Espen, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, I do wonder that, like, in that one, uh, we go back to like the you know we you mentioned expertise early on in the ELM model, right? Are these folks like how much is this model like? Are do these tend to be like the lower motivation? more sort of generalist, right? So they're not, like, I could see a demographic story being, told, like, a, sorry, an age story being told across some of these too, but I wonder, like, and I don't know if this is the way to measure this in a survey, but how I think about the intensity or of the fan, right? Is that partly, like, are these lower intensity folks in some way, right? Like, is that a way to think about it, perhaps? It's a good question. This, I'll, I'll follow up on some of these thoughts after, after this. Uh, segment two was... The and you know it's kind of funny. I called it bro culture. I almost wanted to call it counterculture, and you called it the misogynistic culture. <laughs> and this was the Portnoy's and Rogans that you know that's where the preference was. They like things like Barstool and Bleacher Report, newer newer outlets. Uh, they do not care for Jamel Hill and Megan Rapino, which might again influence your interpretation. <laughs> right. Uh um, I, I think this is one of those where, like, <laughs> for better or worse, you I feel like this is a, a segment that I can identify very easily, right? Like, if we walked into a room and you were to tell me, like, can you try to guess who's in the, as part of this segment, based on maybe a very few, few, few clues, one that I, so, so it rest, to me, it's one of those nice things. Of, and again, I, I highly recommend reading the article that you posted, but it, it's nice, it's, it's nice to see a conclusion where, you, like, again, you know, sometimes you want to look at data to, to have your, beliefs disconfirmed right but this is one that i was a nice story and to come up with a segment that i think we all agree exists but the way you explain it through data is excellent right and, and it's a yeah I, I think that you you termed it correctly i think that is the segment right like the i think the bro culture is probably the right term for it okay segment three this one blew me away this one this segment didn't particularly identify key voices 
but it suggests that there's still a lot of people that are more driven by their their influence all comes from their different platforms. And the platforms were sports radio, network TV, local news, and in local newspapers. Yeah. I had no idea. I would have thought, I mean, the way everyone is running from that. Yeah. Like, it's again, still there. Yeah, it's still there, but, but I'm curious. I think you do mention this a little bit, but do you, age-wise, right? To me, like, the way I read this, this is like, okay, this is the yeah. the 60-plus, right? Like, folks, perhaps, right? Or just people uh, who consume news more. And again, this is a very big generalization, but it could be like, I am working at a at a construction site, right? Like, the radio is on. I'm consuming my news in this way, right? Like, because it's, and so, yeah, okay. I'm curious as to how, how that group looks. I, like. I didn't, I didn't slice and dice it by age just because I, yeah, you know, it's, it's a blog post and it can't go on forever, but here's a, here's a question for you. Yeah. How old do you have to be to be able to afford season tickets in modern American sports in a major metro area? Oh my God! Uh, uh, you have to be at least in your forties, I'd say, and have a pretty good job. Yeah. So, in in some ways, everyone's everyone in the world of sports is worried about this generation uh, Gen yeah. Z or Gen Alpha, but the money's still going to come from the but the place where the money's coming from. They're still watch. They're the ones that still have a favorite local sportscaster. Baseball gets it. Baseball gets it. We're, they're not changing. We're going right for the old people. <laughs> okay. Uh, segment four, and again, sort of quick. This one uh, was interesting to me, too. Um, platforms like Reddit and podcasting, they like uh, uh, Nate Silver and, oh, God, what's, the, what's, Bill, what's Simmons' name? Simmons. Bill Simmons. Bill Simmons. Um, and actually into Megan Rapino. So this kind of very information modern news driven segment you know when, when, when i was reading your article that is the segment i think i identified with the most so like as I, if i were to put myself in a segment uh and i know like as i was like went through it, i was like i thought modern was the that group i felt most again i don't know if anyone i truly felt directly into one of them but that was the one i think i most closely associated myself with. and what segment would you put me in <laughs> no, okay. no, no, no. The, uh, I, I the, want to keep my job. <laughs> it's it's a combination of the. It's a very. It's actually it's an, it's an amazing one. It's it's a combination of the um, the talk radio favorite newscaster meets bro culture. Okay. <laughs> okay, and then the last segment was again the data is sometimes really interesting. It was it was similar in terms of. The, they're interested in modern platforms as the previous segment, but a very different direction in that they kind of like the nice modern platforms. They like Facebook and Instagram. Um, they, in terms of celebrities, Colin Kaepernick, and again, that might sound a little bit off, but I think if you live in sort of the modern media setting, Kaepernick is very much viewed as a positive figure, right? If you go to Fox News, he's going to become very controversial yeah um where this group did not like was and again some funny names paul feinbaum and mike greenberg <laughs> the op i guess feinbaum and greenberg are the opposite of instagram yeah 
<laughs> I'm surprised the group knows who Feinbaum is. Like that's <laughs> okay. Fair. Okay. But and this was the. I think this was like no. I, I, the, I think you called this like the social justice slash some other group, right? Social. I, I call it social media and justice. And justice. Yeah. I, I look. I. I feel like you see the, again, uh, and I go back to. I want to be even handed here. Like I feel like. Uh, if, same as you'd ask me who the bro, if I could walk into a room and identify through some attributes who was in the bro culture group, I feel like I could do the same uh, with this segment as well. So again, it's kind of interesting to see the data also bring it out. But uh, yeah. it, it, in my mind, like those are two groups that I definitely think have existed, right? But it's uh, uh, it's cool to see the data show it. Okay, Manish, I'm going to wrap this one up because this is not the Joe Rogan podcast, and you've not given devoted three hours to this. Um, but as always, a pleasure, my friend. We will uh, we will promote this one uh, via all of our channels because we have a headshot of you now. Nice. And so there will be some advertising. Talk about influencer. That should, that should be a bunch of clicks right there just for the picture <laughs> itself. Okay, everyone. Especially this week, more content at www.fandomanalytics.com. Always a pleasure, Manish. Thank you, sir. Thank you.